Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. Hey, Lake Ridge. It's Pastor Evan here this morning, and I am really happy uh, to be here and sharing uh, the message this morning. This morning, we wrap up our sermon series that we called the one-on-one sermon series. And essentially, what our attempt to do was to help you to see how having a one-on-one relationship with God and a one-on-one relationship with others, or connection with others, is really how God draws us, teaches us, grows us, shapes us. And that it is really, really important to, to the growth uh, of, our, of our relationship with God. This morning, it is my intention to kind of wrap that up with a few things. I'm going to give you an example, hopefully from Scripture. I'm going to talk a little bit about what it's like to have an interaction uh, with God. And, and then hopefully wrap it up with a story, just talking a little bit about what that's been like for me personally and what we hope that, that you will be able to take uh, into the next uh, season of our life uh, together at Lake Ridge uh, and also for you in your, in your neighborhood. The first thing I want to start ta- talking about is that I think that any growing relationship, whether that's with God or it's with others, requires a couple of things. One of the first things I think that it requires is an intention. That there needs to be some intentionality behind it. Um, that we do it on purpose, in other words. And, and that we, we take the time to set aside doing this relationship on purpose. It's true of our relationships with God, but it's also true of our relationships with others. We think about that. If you're married, if you don't spend intentional time building, in your, building on your relationship, well then, well then you don't actually end up having a relationship that's, that's um, life-giving, that's, well, to be honest with you, sustainable. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, and I don't think they're in any one particular order necessarily, is desire. I think the fact is that if we don't have a desire to build intentional time, to build an intentional relationship with God and others, well, it's just simply, to be truthful, isn't going to happen. Desire is one of the most important things that we need. And so I I think there are times when we need to go before God and and others and and ask Him, ask God for the desire to be in a relationship with Him. I think that the second thing that's really important, and I'm going to share a little bit more about this, is is that, that really a big part of having an authentic, or having a real relationship with others a healthy relationships with with others is to know ourselves but as we come to know who we are we suddenly become capable of interacting and offering others an authentic you an authentic me I think that is true in so many different different ways when we read the story of God and his people let's say out of the Bible um, I think what what we see is the the that we come across a great deal 
of, of different leaders in the Bible. Let's, let's just take one, for example, like David. Now, if we take David and we come across David and we go, okay, was David a perfect leader? You know, who was he? Well, was he all put together? Right? Was, does, does, does David meet the criteria that you and I would have for somebody that would have a, 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 a solid relationship? Right? Not sure. David was, was pretty good with a harp. He was pretty good with the slingshot. I think that he even had some pretty great leadership skills. But David was also known as an adulterer. David was also known as a murderer. At one point, David and some of his soldiers defile the temple. Right? He's also known actually for taking off his clothes and running in public every once in a while. Right? So, so when we think about this, David was kind of this messed up person. He had some messiness in his life. And yet, two places in Scripture, we see that David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. Now, I, I'm not going to get into that uh, too terribly much today. I, I don't want to uh, get too deep into the, the roots of that particular story. But, but, but what I do want to say is that perfection, perfection doesn't seem to be what God requires. Perfection doesn't seem to be the most important thing when it comes to having a relationship with God. What we do see in David, what we see in his poetry and in his writing and in his life is that he was truthful with God. In fact, when people ask me, you know, can God handle me? Can, you know, can he handle my questions? Can he handle my frustrations? Can he, can he handle my lack of faith even? I, I pretty much always suggest that people maybe, maybe jump into the Psalms and read a little bit of David's poetry as he pours out his requests, his complaints, his concerns, and even his faith. Right? David, I believe, becomes a man after God's own heart because he is a man who is authentic, who is truthful. When he questions God, when he struggles with God, even when he criticizes God, he is very direct and very truthful. Right? David was not a man who was without frustration. He certainly got frustrated with God and how things were going. He was, he was transparent in, in what he wanted God to do, and he was also faithful in receiving what God gave. Now, this sermon series, you know, called One-to-One, called -one, we've been talking about what it looks like to have this one-on-one -on -one experience with God and with others. As Preston and I were talking uh, this past week, he, he shared with me and just said, hey, what I would really like for you to do is just, would you, could you just talk to people about what it's been like to have time with God or, or maybe what's been a struggle for you in your time with God and, and, and added on to that what it's been like to have time with others and what it's been like to struggle 
in my time, my personal time with others. So I just want to take some time talking a little bit about that. And, and, I, and I think one of the places to start when, when we think about how we spend time with God or how we spend time with others is, is actually with a question. And I, I wrote it down here. It's so like, what do you think about this? What are your personal obstacles? What are your personal obstacles that stand in the way? What are the things that the hidden beliefs that, that are present in your own life and, and in your own story? I want to give a couple of obstacles maybe, and um, uh, that, that maybe will be helpful in, as you think through that question, even this morning. Uh, or wherever it is that you are you're listening to this right now I'm gonna throw out a, a few things from like some people who are really close to me from you know like really really quite close to me and maybe these examples will will make sense to you so I have a friend this friend of mine is actually he's a pretty busy guy he lives a relatively you know fast paced life and and sometimes sometimes his kids accuse him of of working all the time now sometimes this friend of mine is working at his job and there's nothing wrong with that and and other times this friend is just busy working at home it's just it's just kind of a kind of an active kind of a guy anyways this friend of mine is always doing something. And, and in fact, in a recent conversation, uh, my friend told me that his kids had, had come to him and, 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 they, and they had asked him why he, he needs to be busy all the time. And, and so my friend, who's you know, a fairly wise guy, said, actually, I think being productive is a good thing. And that that's partly why I, my friend, my friend, likes to work in the shop and to, and to do things. And, and so, so my friend's kids asked him, so when you're in the shop with your headphones on, are you listening to things that you just really want to, want to listen to and that you enjoy? Like, are you listening to things for fun or, or are the things you listen to related to your job? Well, you can imagine that my friend didn't really like how this conversation was going. But it is true that, that he, he lives a pretty fast-paced life. And, and it is also true that, and it is good, that being productive isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it can also become one of the obstacles that comes in between our relationship with God and others just from one of my friends now then another obstacle might be fear and i'm just going to say fear because i think fear means a lot of things for a lot of us and and so per perhaps you're like another one of my friends uh, now the, for this this story maybe maybe this story we'll just call this friend for the sake of this conversation we'll just call him terry now, sometimes Terry um, is fearful of spending time with God. For him, 
uh, he has these moments where he doesn't feel like like really he's good enough to spend time with God right? he can be fearful sometimes that that God might might ask him to do something and, and he already feels you know Terry already feels like he's doing a lot for God and 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 sometimes Terry also worries that if he spends time with God that God might might ask him to do something difficult like go to you know some African jungle where snakes are present and and Terry really Terry's really not a fan of snakes right Terry also um, he really likes and wants people to like him and sometimes I think Terry is afraid that if he spends too much time with God that God will ask him to do something like stand up to to racism or or or, or step out in a sense to stick up for indigenous people challenge people to consider the privilege that we live in and, and that there are folks in the world who are hungry and, and and sometimes Terry worries that he will be uncomfortable making other people uncomfortable by obeying kind of what God has said to him and asked of him now don't let me get started on how hard it can be for Terry sometimes to open up to people and, and to share with them the things that that he questions to share with people in particular some of his emotions and some of the hard things that he thinks about and and he struggles with right Terry struggles a lot with that he can Terry can be really afraid sometimes to be vulnerable in front of people don't get me wrong, Terry's quite transparent. He'll tell you what's going on. But the vulnerability of allowing people into Terry's life to, to actually help him, that's not really something Terry's good at. It's a hard thing, and it's one of Terry's obstacles. Here's what I've been trying to tell my friend and to trying to tell Terry. I say to them, I'm like, guys, look, if, if you don't start letting God and others into the true things that are going on in your life. Well, I'm, I'm afraid actually, guys, that you're going to find yourself very lonely. I'm also afraid that, that if you don't share some of the struggles and the challenges that you're going through, that, that not, only, not only will God be challenged in using you, but, but, but also your church and your community will suffer because they actually need you to be you. Sometimes both my friend and Terry get that. And they, and, they, and they put themselves out there. And sometimes they're just afraid. I'm just trying to encourage them. I'm trying to encourage you. Think about the obstacles that stand between you and God and between you and others. Let Let's maybe be the kind of people that are able to name some of those obstacles so that they have less power over us. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that that's the easy thing to do. 
I think that we've all lived even long enough to know that when we're vulnerable in front of others, when we do these things, that, that, that actually people could use those things to hurt us, to harm us. We, we maybe have even had times in our prayer life when it seems like our prayers are simply falling on deaf ears and that God is nowhere present. And so we resist putting ourselves out there, both before God and, and honestly before others. What I am going to say, and I've said this at the beginning, is that in order to have healthy relationships with God and others, it's going to require an intentionality. It's going to inquire, require a desire. Interestingly enough, it's going to require risk. This past Friday at our Ignite evening over at Camp Chestermere, we were talking about the theme of of belonging, and I, and I shared with the group there the, 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 uh, a little bit of the history and meaning of the word courage. And it's interesting because the, the, the word courage comes from the root, the root Latin word, core. And core simply means heart in Latin. And, and, and so when we think about core, we think heart, and when we think about courage, what actually it means is that courage means to share your heart. The very act you see of courage is an act of storytelling. And it is an act of storytelling of our own story and how God has uniquely made us and created us to, to be. This courage isn't the kind of courage that that, that requires us to run into a burning building. That's courage too. But this is almost a more scary courage. The courage to share our heart. The courage to put ourselves out there before God and before each other. It's a scary thing. Richard Rohr, he, he says that people who know God well People who know God well, people who risk everything to find God, always meet a lover and not a dictator. Always meet a lover and not a dictator. Right? You see, David found a lover. David found a God who was so passionately interested in knowing him and drawing the best out of him and lifting him up and encouraging him and all of these different things that David found a place of authentic, authentic relationship. David was intentional and David had a desire to know God and to trust God. I'm going to end with a story and, and it's a story I've told at Lake Ridge before, but but it is a story from my own life and my own journey. And maybe it will be helpful uh, for you as you think about and you hear it. About 13, 14 years ago, I was serving a different church in Strathmore. And I was going through a pretty, pretty challenging time. The lead pastor that I was serving with had, had, uh, had resigned. Um, the associate pastor that I was working with uh, had uh, a maternity leave and so she was she was gone and I was left there as the youth and family pastor to to 
to somehow offer up what I had to serve these people in that church. And I was tired. And uh, I wasn't just tired, I was overwhelmed. I, I didn't feel like I was equipped. I didn't feel like I knew how to lead. I didn't feel like I knew where I should be leading us. And honestly, I, I was giving a great deal of my time in an overwhelming kind of a sense. I was exhausted. I was missing my kids. I was missing my wife. I, I was just running hard. At that particular time, I was also required to take take class in order to to keep part of my credentialing as a pastor. And, and uh, it was it was interesting. Here I was, you know, giving my whole life and everything that I had in me to serve people in the context of the church as their pastor. And yet, somewhere in another country in Chicago, somebody needed me to do a class so that I could be seen and and I could be credentialed as a pastor. So I went out to a retreat center. It was on the other side of Calgary, nearer to Bragg Creek, and I was going to take this class there. It was a, there was dormitories there kind of place, so I was sleeping there. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do yet another thing, to be obedient to, to God and my calling and my church and all those things. I was in a bad place. On the first night when I was taking my bags to my room, I was walking across the yard from the parking lot to the thing and I heard off in the distance down by the river, this elk bugle was calling. And I stopped in my tracks and I waited and listened again and I heard it again stood there for a few more minutes and I heard a few more and I just thought to myself this week in the midst of all this stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna do something for me I'm gonna see those elk I've shared this before but for me being outside and 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 seeing animals in the wild in their natural kind of habitat is it's just really probably one of the most life-giving things. I love being outside. It's part of the reason why I preach from my back porch. Because I like it to be outside. And so I decided that night, I'm going to see these elk. And I know how elk work. They're habitual animals. They, they, they typically walk the same route in the evening as they do in the mornings. You know, on their way to the place where they're going to bed down for the night and the place they're going to eat. Uh, typically in the morning and so I decide each morning I'm gonna get up and then I'm gonna go down by the river and I'm gonna find myself a spot I'm gonna see these elk I was there for five days and so so the first day I go down there it's pitch black dark in the morning about six o'clock um, I've got about two and a half hours or so before breakfast and the class starts at nine and I find myself a cozy little spot in the shade in some trees and I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait and that first day I don't see anything it's all right it's persistent and each morning I wake up 6 a.m. head down to the river in the dark which is actually kind of a scary thing I find myself a little spot to hide and I wait and five days pass and on the fifth morning I'm starting to get a little bit irritated. 
was a cool morning. It was the morning that, that honestly I didn't want to get up and go. I was kind of ready to give up. And I wait there. I wait for about two hours. My time is almost up. And I'm sitting there and finally I just decide, you know what, God, I'm actually really irritated. And inside this little shady spot in this little blind of trees, I say to God, you know what? This is not fair. I have been doing everything I can to serve you, to serve your people, to do and live up to the expectations of all these people around me. And you can't even give me the honor of allowing me to just see this simple thing seeing these elk. I was mad. I kind of find myself pouring, pouring myself out in prayer. And there was some tears and there was some real frustration. I guess, I guess you could say there was some real true authentic things happening there between me and God. And I don't hear God speak audibly to me and it's not really how it works. In fact, when I hear God's voice, it often sounds like me. And, and, and to be honest with you, he often sounds like me kind of like directly just telling me, oh, Evan, you know the answer. You're just too afraid to do it or you just haven't done it. This particular morning, I'm sitting there in these trees and I, and I hear God say, you know, you come down here, you spend every morning here in a shady spot on the side of the river. You didn't even situate yourself so you could see the sunrise. And, and in my own heart, I felt like, Evan, you, your, your quest to see these elk, in, the, in my quest to do that, I wasted having five mornings where I could have sat by the river, prayed and interacted with God, enjoyed the sunrise, and instead I hid in a shady spot, hoping to see some elk. So I decide I've got a you know, half hour left or whatever before I need to go. And so I, I go out into the wide open space. There's a log sitting by the river there. And I decide I'm just going to sit there. And I'm just going to enjoy the sun on my body, on my face. It was cool, so I was hoping it would warm me up a little bit too. And I sat there. And as I sat there on that log, I really felt like as the sun rose and warmed my body, that God's spirit was beginning to fill my heart and my soul. It was a beautiful thing. It was a Jesus moment for me. And as I was about to get ready to get up to leave, I look up across the river, which wasn't too many, it was maybe 50 yards. There's an elk standing there. I get out my cheap phone, it's 13 years ago. Phones have come a long ways. In fact, this sermon is being preached on a phone. I take my camera, I'm trying to zoom in and figure out how it works so I can get a picture of this elk and then I hear 
the bugle of a big bull elk. I look off on the valley, or on the ridge, and I can see some movement. It looks like an elk. And then I see some more movement. And then I see some movement over there. And I see some movement over there and there. And I realize that there is a herd of elk making their way down towards the river. I'm like beyond excited about it. And so I sit there on a log in the wide open space. And as I watch a herd of about 70 elk make their way down towards me, some cross the river, just up river from me, about 15 or so, and they make their way around behind me. And it's not long before Evan is sitting on a log by the river inside a herd of elk. It was so overwhelming that it was over the top. It was scary. I, I suddenly realized, God, I am now too close to these elk. And it was as if God was saying, look, I desire to give you all that you desire, all that you hope, all that you dream for. But mostly, I want to be with you. I want to do this with you. You see, it was almost as if Jesus was saying, Evan, I want you to see elk. I want to see them with you. Let's do it together. So I sat on that elk, on that log, Jesus and I. And we experienced being present in a herd of elk. And it is a story, this story is a story that I go back to time and time and time again to remind me to be brave, to remind me to be authentic with God, to be authentic with others to the best of my capacities in each and every day. It's the desire of my heart that you might be able to experience this kind of truth as well in your own story. Friends, I want to challenge you to take some risks over the next few years. I want to challenge you to make space for God and to others. To do that intentionally, to not just make that about coming to church on a Sunday morning, but to intentionally place yourselves in a space where you can be authentic with God and in spaces where you can be authentic with others. To name the obstacles that you have so that they no longer have power over you and I. I think that Jesus wants to walk with us in that journey. I think that I want to walk with you in that journey. What could that look like for us? What could that mean for us at Lakeridge? We're coming out of a pandemic and we have a chance to dream a new way of being the church in our city and in our community. And I'm all in for that. Let's think about that over this next little while. I'm gonna pray in a second, but before I do, I wanna throw out a couple of questions for us. And I, I want these questions to become important over the next many months, maybe many years. Maybe you memorize them 
as important questions to help you listen um, as you as you pray, as you spend time with God, as you as you spend time with others, even as you come to church or listen to a silly sermon that I've preached about an elk and Jesus. Here they are. The first is this. What questions have come to mind for you today? What questions have come to mind for you in your life? But maybe also, what questions have come to mind for us at Lake Ridge that you think are for us at Lake Ridge? Were there any tensions that you heard today as you listened? Was there anything that came to mind that you actually think God might be asking you to pay attention to in your own life and in your own story? What, what work might you need to do on that? What work might you need to do into, to live into those tensions? The last question is, what's next? What do you need to prepare for? What is God speaking and saying? I might be drawing you towards learning more and offering more like my friend and Terry. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are a God who comes near us. Thank you that you are a God who desires to do life with us. That you do not just desire to give us something for our own good pleasure, but that you desire to give it to us so that you can experience it with us. God, may we be people who both seek you with our, the desires of our heart, but also make intentional space to come to know you and to come to know others. May you be with us this summer, this year, as, as we replant Lake Ridge, as we begin to dream about where it is you are taking us and what it is that you want us to see. God, be, for, be with us so that we may have your kind of wisdom to know how to love this city, how to love this community, and how to love each other. We pray these things in your name. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you his peace this day. Amen. God bless Lake Ridge. Thanks for joining us.